Welcome to The Breadwinners, the podcast about the never-ending hustle and its impact on all aspects of our lives. We're interested in what it takes to keep everything going and how to get the job done. This podcast is about working, family, research, and policy. We consider the research, talk to experts, and share our takes on what we're all learning about breadwinning. Each week, I'm joined by Jennifer Owens. She writes about working, wellness, and women, and founded the Working Mother Research Institute. And I'm joined by Raquel Ellison. She's an executive coach and management consultant who works with companies big and small to design workplace policies that work for all employees. So. Yes. Toxic <laughs> bosses. Mm. Hmm? Yeah. 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 None of us have ever had that. That's ever. not, you know, I mean. Ever. Okay. Here's this Gallup poll says one in two employees have left a job to, quote, get away from their manager at some point in their career. Yeah. I think that these people are not people in publishing. Oh, yeah, I said it. (laughs) Because I think that number is very low. I mean, my God. Okay. Have you ever had a toxic boss? I have. That's question one. Yeah. I have indeed had had a toxic boss or two. Yeah. Yes. I yes. mean, I think that one in two employees, I mean, people leave jobs because of bad management and toxic management. That is, that is true. Right? Yeah. I I think, and I think it's the, I don't know, I, I, it's a weird experience that like when I was younger and jobs are more readily available in that I think there's always more entry-level jobs or tier one jobs then as you move up the ladder and you have more responsibilities hanging off of you as a breadwinner, it yeah. becomes more difficult to jump. Right. But when I was younger, if the situation sucked, you start looking around. I mean, oh, you don't sure. have any power to make a change in the culture anyways. So, yeah, I actually, you know, when I think look at this Gallup thing, I'm like, well, how, who are these employees? One out of to 50%. Cuz when you're younger, does that count that job at like when you were in high school with the sucky college age boss who right. was terrible? Right. Cuz I think we all left those jobs. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we did. I mean, also we're talking about different, you know, we could leave those jobs where we're also being treated, I would imagine, somewhat differently at a different yeah. earlier point in our careers than we are now, yeah. hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. But yes. Okay. So here's my thing about toxic bosses. And I hope that I was not seen as one. I And I totally have my heart open to the idea of, as with so many managers, you're thrust into management. Like I was given one direct report at one point, like out of the blue and kind of learn on the job, or at least I did. I didn't get any manager training until like three manager jobs in. So I totally admit that I'm sure I made mistakes and whatnot, but always trying to do it with like that I cared about whatever. But I think that when you're, you get to the point where you're trying to salvage the situation, I went off looking at a lot of like really well-written, you know, authoritative articles and service edit, we call it magazines, about what to do about it. Mm. And I get that the only thing you can really control is yourself, but I was really annoyed that they were always positioned from the mindset of what you can do about it, not about why the, I guess that you can't change the toxic boss, but I just was like, it was exhausting to think of all the things you have to accommodate for the toxic boss 
to try to navigate the situation. Right. Right. You wanted to see see the article where the... It said, said, yeah, this will make them change. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah. And I know that can't happen. I, my brain knows it, but my heart was tired by reading all the articles about, well, be more communicative. Think about their pain points. Yeah, da, da, you know, like, no, that person's just not worth saving. This <laughs> is relationship is not worth saving. But yeah, at least that was my experience. So did you say the uh, Life Meets Work study? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So the Life Meets Work study, we know Life Meets Work well. They found that 56% of American workers claim their box their boss is mildly or highly toxic. <laughs> Mild, you are mildly toxic. Mildly I think we should all be, I think mildly toxic is not maybe a bad thing. I don't know. Like what is mildly it's toxic, true. but I love it. It's true. Yeah. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. That's a touch. And a study by the APA, the American Psychological Association, found that 75% of Americans say their boss is the most stressful part of their workday. <laughs> Which is probably true anyways. If you, even if you have a nice boss, you know, the, trying to I've I've had some wonderful bosses too. Yeah. But they can be your most stressful part of your day. I know, I, <laughs> yeah, I don't feel like that right now. And it is a very refreshing feeling after yeah. having been in that situation where you do feel like that where you're in a defensive posture the whole time like yeah. is this going to trigger them or yeah it's real and it's everywhere and I've come to realize it's one that I think of that is always top of mind this person used to write really nasty notes like I can't believe you did whatever I swear had them written and then would send them as she was walking out the door so you'd get up to say, well, let's discuss this. And she was gone. Oh, no. Yeah. Yes. Great. All the time. All the time. And then once I realized that, shall I share my strategy for dealing yeah, with that one? please share your strategy. I would totally not take the bait. Like after the pattern emerged that it was just like kind of weird, oh, a d- passive attack disappointment thing, I would say things like, that's a really wonderful suggestion. Let's discuss that. Right. And then it would freak them out that they were being called to defend their, you know, the way they were attacking you. I, this I, Maybe I'm not being clear, but they would say you were completely wrong. I would, but in a weird, like, you're so dumb kind of way. And yeah. so I would say, instead of saying, like in getting mad, because that would give them fuel of like, hey, calm down, you emotional person. I got very, like, zen and would say, what an interesting manner. And when I start talking like this, (laughs) it is frightening in meetings. And and I know it freaked her out because she would talk to other people on the staff who would tell me she's freaked out that, like, you won't rise to the bait for this stuff. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And that became a game, and that's not cool. Like, in my mind, I enjoyed the, like, once I figured out the answer to that toxic boss. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, it wasn't cool, yeah. but you, you, no, but you, no. It, it shouldn't have been cool in that that wasn't about getting productive, creative right. was, or whatever. It was just about the navigating. game. Of yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I hear you. Yeah. I, I, I don't say that people should follow my lead on that, but it was really nuts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I think that people, 
So there's an article I want to talk about a minute in a minute. Time's up for toxic workplaces that was in HBR <laughs> just a few months ago. Or I guess six, seven. It months. has to be. It, it's serious. Right. I mean, I don't. There are people listening saying, "No, that clock has not even started ticking for me." But top line, come on, it has yeah. to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you think about the stress that people are experiencing right now and how yeah. they need to manage. I mean, there's a ton of research, which we will link to, don't have in front of me, but about what work-life conflict does to management style, right? So yeah. like, if you're feeling that intense pressure, it's not like you're going to be the most thoughtful <laughs> in the world, right? You're just, you're, you're managing a lot. And so I'm seeing that behavior where it's like as much as, yes, of course, like let's do away with, with toxic work environments. But you're also saying that at a time where people are like at their absolute wits end, like really trying to figure out how to get through this and in this almost never ending (laughs) like stretch of time. Well, yeah. And I think that like that boss with the nasty notes on a Blackberry as I date that story, I realize now much, much like I've forgiven any sort of thing that I was mad about my parents when I was a kid or, you know, you grow up and you're like, wow, you were really doing what you could to get things done. And thank you for that. You know, you come up. I realize now when I've thought back to that boss that she was like operating she was scared. I think she was operating out of fear. Like, yeah. and, and I think in this pandemic has got operating out of stress yeah. and wits end and fear. Like she was fearful of, I don't know if it was imposter syndrome or what it was, but, and it was coming out in the wrong way. Her own personal issues were coming out in the wrong way. Right. And now add a pandemic into all these workplaces and right. homeschooling and all this. And it's like, oh, geez, Louise. That's a lot. It is a lot. I mean, you know, I used to see when I was doing coaching, and I think I may have mentioned this, sorry, listeners, once before on this podcast, but, you know, when I was coaching new moms in some of these professional accounting firms and and law firms, and they were talking about how when they started the job, like I remember one person, she was in, in consulting. Yeah, she was in consulting with one of these firms and her boss decided to, when she came back from maternity leave, double her client load. (gasps) And it was spiteful. And it was spiteful because it was like everything that I had to deal with as, you know, this person was of a different generation and she felt, I I think, uh, that everything I had to deal with as a working mom, like, I didn't have flexible work arrangements. I didn't have pr- pregnancy yep. discrimination protection. I mean, I don't know what, you know, but I think whatever it is, whatever but I survived I and survived, you got to you know, survive. Right. I think that that was a very, I saw a lot of that. I saw a lot of that specifically mm. women bosses, female bosses who had some life experience that was in some who persevered, way. Yeah. Right? They, yeah. Yeah. And, and that somehow if it's, and, and I think it happens in all, not just among women or whatever, but that somehow I persevered over this. And so you have it easier. You have and it it's easier, like, oh, no, no. And you better prove that you can do it. Yeah. You know, I'm going to make you persevere in 20. In, in different ways. Terms. Yeah. Yeah. 
but yeah, I mean, I think, I think that they're, so with that in mind, I mean, I think those are people who are sort of drawing on historical grudges. <laughs> like they're drawing on. Right. They have nothing to do with you. Right? right. And, and nothing to do with right, you know, right now necessarily. I mean, I think it's when we think about, they're not talking about stresses that are happening at that moment. So when we talk about cutting off toxic work environments in the pandemic, we're talking about people who are living with a significant amount of stress right now, aren't making punitive decisions based on like their history in their career, but just like right now, I can't deal with your stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right now. There, but there was an article, the article that, that I, that I'm so fascinated with this, that talking about cutting off toxic work environments right now, there was a study, the author Manuela Priesmuth. Yes, I'm sorry. I have, I have destroyed your name and her colleague Bailey Bigelow. They decided that they wanted to understand what makes abusive bosses change their behavior. So they, this is what I needed. Okay, yeah, yes. right. <laughs> so to do that, they asked supervisors to reflect on a time in which they directed demeaning comments and rude behavior towards subordinates. Then they asked them to write about this experience in as much detail as possible. And then after remembering that and describing them, they were instructed to rate how they felt and acted in the time after exerting the abuse. And then they were also asked if they stopped the abusive behavior in the end. And they, what they found was that a supervisors experienced a loss in social worth after abusing subordinates, which means they've generally hmm. less valued and appreciated at work. And then it would hurt their performance. And then they would say employees would report that their supervisors were unable to complete assigned work assignments or tasks that were expected of them. So it just kind of went. It's interesting. They were able to reflect on it, reflect on how yeah. it wasn't like they they got out this aggression and this relationship and then all of a sudden they were able to like, <laughs> they can see clearly now the rain is gone. Like they, you know, it's a cycle that that just makes everything worse, worse. for everyone. Though I have four words for you. The devil wears Prada. <laughs> <laughs> That somehow some bosses get celebrated. Right. That's right. fictional, but we all know what that's referring to. But yeah. And that's what happens is when you have cultures that reward that bad behavior. Like right. that that study must be happening in a culture where they were identified as being abusive and then brought into the somehow people wanted to change. And then we've all been in places where it's not only they're not going to change, but they're rewarded for their bad behavior. No one seems to care about turnover or the mental health. And maybe that's, I'm thinking of newsrooms in the early 90s when I started in newspapers, where like I once had to go to a crime scene and they I got up at, from my desk in the newsroom and the assistant city editor said, come back with a color photo of the victim or don't come back. And, you know, I'm terrified, you know, like, <laughs> oh my God. you're not helping me figure out how to do this or giving me any sort of skills on how to talk to families, right? No, nope. you just go to a horrific crime scene and go oh. get a color photo of, or your job is over, oh, you know, God. <laughs> which it wouldn't have been, but come on, right. that's, that's not the way to manage up. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> or maybe I or not, or managed down, I guess. Yeah, I think that's managing down. Yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I think that there's I think what you can get away with at the time. I don't think this is about bosses that are CEOs. I think this is about bosses that are middle management. And I like I I, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's not about Meryl Streep in that movie. It's <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not Meryl Streep's not taking that survey with yeah, for HDR. Yeah. To or the study that's quoted to, to modify her behavior in any right. way, no. shape, or form. Yeah, so, I mean, no. I think we're talking about people who are at the very least between two, between a yeah, a well, and self aware enough to say, I would like to think about how this, you know, why did I flare in this situation and what yeah. am I doing? And yeah, can I have other skills to it? Because the other part of this conversation is so you have a toxic boss, do you become one? And I, it's like, it, and it's so funny to me because I saw the, the, the like Harvard Business Review doing an article on that and some essays about it. And it would never occur to me. I have always taken the lesson of when people have come and they've had t- told me sad stories of something happening at work with a toxic boss and like, well, they're teaching you how not to be, right? you know, that this. It would never occur to me. And I think that's what the studies are. They, aren't they really essentially saying? People don't model that behavior. It's not one-on-one. They don't look and go, oh, that's the way to be. A- right, I think right. we all know that's the way to be a great manager is by belittling and abusing your team. Awesome. Right. Thumbs right. up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do believe, it, really. I mean, because isn't it some psychological thing where we always remember things against us, like bad things more than we do, like oh, the yeah. good experience? Yeah. So like yeah. all these bad toxic boss stories, I can rattle off every single sure. offensive <laughs> thing. Sure. So yes. And then, and I do try to keep them in mind when I have teams to manage of like, try not to do that. These are the right. ways I did not like feeling the way of whatever. Right. Those are visceral lessons of how to talk to people. And th- which is why personally as a manager, I am very much into transparency and autonomy. Like let yeah. people go be creative and do what they want to do on their own. Let's be transparent. If you need to be gone for Tuesday because of something, just let's let's back each other up. Yeah. Yeah. Support each other. And that comes from micromanagers and non-trusting bosses, you know? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. I mean, what that reminds me of is something that I'm seeing a lot lately is is folks wanting to do kind of climate surveys. Like how how are people feeling in our work environment? Like how are they, how are oh. they, what, what, is, what is the moon? What, what are they feeling? You know, I think that it comes from, it reflects the fact that we are in this moment of political, social, racial, unrest, and yeah. the pandemic. So people are like, let's, let's check in and see how everybody's doing. But what's interesting is that in many cases, you know, there there are circumstances where people want to see this data. They want to see, like, are people having a hard time? Are they experiencing toxicity in this workplace? And if they are, good to know. Like, it's just, it's, I don't think people really know what to do with something where they're saying, like, let's look at, let's look for these, this evidence of toxicity in our work environment, because we should, and we know that that's leaving the biggest impression long term. Yeah. But I'm not sure what exactly we do about well, it. 
It is like stepping on the scale and finding out what the true weight is before you right. try to like get a little healthier talking about a friend. Oh my God. But it like at least they're taking the, the temperature to figure out where they need to go. Right. Right. But I, but I think, and this is like my consulting hat. Yeah. Taking the temperature to figure out where you want to go and not being willing to go anywhere <laughs> is worse than not taking the temperature at all. Oh, yes. Yes. I mean, oh my God. How many times? Because I feel, um, especially in the world of like working mother and the work that we did, a lot of companies like got to see inside a lot of the companies, they're good hearted people trying to influence workplace culture and our own at our parent company. And then they do the surveys and then nothing would happen. Yeah. And I don't know millennials and boomers, but Gen X in the middle rolls their eyes and says, uh-huh. Yeah. Like, why are we doing it? Why did we spend all this money on this third party? Blah, blah, blah. And then you're not willing to step up and do anything with the with what you're told. You are so freaking right. It's yeah. like, that is not even the first step. That's just marking out where the path starts. Right. Right. And so I think it, it, it's risky. I mean, you know, even if I imagine it in just a one on one, I mean, back to where we're starting with toxic bosses. Can you imagine if a toxic boss said to you, can you give me some feedback? No repercussions, but give me some feedback about some experiences you've had with me that haven't been great. So then you go into this process of reliving and retelling yeah. all of these bad experiences to this boss. And then they're like, well, that sucks for you because I'm not yeah. going to do, I'm not going to learn from that behavior. Like, you know, if Devil yeah. Wears Prada was like, tell me what I do wrong. I mean, that's not, you know, I think. I yeah. Think that's, I, that's honest the, to goodness. My, I have very little room in my heart for those kind of processes. Personally, I just want to move on. You know, I will try yeah. a couple times as an individual. I am very dubious and I, I think it comes from newspapers and publishing that I haven't seen a lot of change happen corporately. So when it does, it's a, such a pleasant surprise. But I, yeah, I don't want to relive that. And I don't, I think you ought to know that the boss is toxic. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond, of course, reporting specific behaviors and incidents. Like I completely am on board for that. But to fill out a like a 360 survey where I'm going to say that you suck and my name's on it. And yeah, then, yeah. Like, I just I don't know. I'm not. A, it, it, it worries me because I don't know that toxic bosses ever get their grand cup umpets. I just move on. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I as somebody who administers 360s. Yeah. I mean, your name, that, your name is not <laughs> necessary. It's not on it in the way. I mean, you have to trust that. But. But, you know, it'd be very different if if you're going through an assessment that that anonymizes all the data. But I think. Well, if you were leading it, I would trust you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I'd make sure you're safe. Protect me from my toxic boss. <laughs> now, what if you're running your own company asking for a friend and you are your own boss and you think that I'm toxic? <laughs> That's a very, can we do a 360 review? It's just me talking to me. And <laughs> Love it. Love it. Oh, man. Well, let's not be toxic to each other. No. Let's do the opposite. 
Let's yes. Let's is be, that. I what don't is know the what opposite? That is. I we don't even know. It's, it, it's just not being toxic. That's yeah. the opposite yeah. of it, right? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, thank you for not being toxic on the breadwinners. You'll find links to what we talked about today in the episode description. Email us anytime and we will listen to your toxic boss story. I love a good toxic boss story. For sure. Email us at breadwinnerspod at gmail.com or visit us at thebreadwinnerspodcast.com. Please remember to subscribe to our podcast and to rate and review it. It really helps us grow. And until next week, keep hustling. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.